Hello and welcome to the Kalamazoo Church of Christ podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We're a startup church we just planted in September 2020. And at the Kalamazoo Church, we believe that Christianity is done best when it is done together. And so if you live in the Kalamazoo area, we would love to connect. Be it coming to a Sunday service, one of our small groups, or even just grabbing coffee with a member to learn more. You can visit kalamazoo.church in order to do that. We pray that you are inspired by what you hear today. All right. Good morning, church. Happy Holy Week to everybody. That was, that was awesome uh, intro to Holy Week from, uh, from Alec. It's, uh, it's so awesome uh, to be able to be a part of, of Holy Week. Um, it's such a blessing and it's terrifying at the same time. Um, if you were to tell me five years ago or even two years ago that I'd be up here doing this to uh, cap off Holy Week, I'd say that you're crazy. And, uh, and my family who some might be uh, watching at home, they tell you that you're even crazier. They definitely truly know who who I was. They know who I am. They didn't think that it was possible. It truly is only an act of God that I am up here able to do this today. There's uh, there's so many things to be joyful about. Uh, Right now, it's it's spring break. The the weather is, is starting to turn. We've been blessed with a beautiful day here today. And have you heard the good news? What's the good news? Jesus rode from the dead. Amen. Amen. And that's why we're here today. That's why we fast this week. And that's why next week, Sunday, we will feast. Amen. Amen. Today we're going to be finishing up our study series titled Jesus in Genesis. Jesus was there at the beginning with God and the whole Bible points to Jesus as the Savior. And it starts in Genesis. No better way to kick off Holy Week than to talk about that. And before we get into Genesis 49 and 50, I'm going to go over a little bit of a recap in the life of Joseph that that we just kind of came from here uh, in our studies. Thirteen of the final 14 chapters in Genesis... Chronicle the life of Joseph, son of Jacob, son of Isaac, son of Abraham. We first met Joseph when he was kind of arrogant, kind of foolish, 17-year-old dreamer who ends up in slavery in Egypt because of the jealousy his brothers had for him. And then Genesis finishes off here with Joseph, 110 years old, a lot wiser, very faithful, battle-tested man of God and a great example of the faith. And in in between there, a lot of crazy stuff happened to Joseph in Egypt. His boss's wife made a pass at him, and he turned it down, and that ended him up in the dungeon. He got out of the dungeon because he interpreted some dreams, and then he ended up becoming one of the most well-respected officials of Egypt, and in turn, he saved his entire family along with many others Uh, from a famine. As we read throughout his life, you you see that God is at the forefront of his life. God is constantly at his lips. He is constantly pointing people and every situation back to God. And that is, uh, I believe, that is why 
as you read in there, there's, there's a, a line that says that God was with him. Yeah. God was with Joseph because he brought him with as well. As we see Jesus in Genesis here today in 49 and 50, I hope that we also see that all of our actions have eternal consequence, and so we must keep watch, and that God will work it out. Now, at the beginning of Genesis 49, what we have here is we have Jacob on his deathbed. And Jacob, on his deathbed, blesses, puts out this blessing to all of his sons right before he dies. Now, this this whole section here could be multiple quiet times. There's a lot to be able to dig in here and learn about. One of the cool things to learn about is how how all these sons became the 12 tribes of Israel and how all these blessings ended up coming true within these tribes. Um, and, And I really encourage you all to go in and take some time to dig into Genesis 49 and to Genesis 50. There is not enough time for a month's worth of, of content. Uh, better yet, for me to do it all here today. So I, I had to pick out a couple of things uh, that, that God put on my heart to really focus on here today. But I would encourage all of you to go back through Genesis 49 and Genesis 50 and really sit and camp on, on those two chapters and, and let it take you in all sorts of awesome places to to learn more about God, to learn more about the Bible, to learn more about Jesus. And if you have that, that thought in mind and you want to do that, I, I have um, some, some ways that I can point you in some directions if you would like me to. Uh, I, uh, on my notes, um, I have a lot of things that I would love to be able to pass along uh, to others as they, they dig in on their own. Amen. Please turn uh, with me to Genesis 49, 3-7. through 7. And this is the this is the first blessing that Jacob gives to three of his sons. So in Genesis 49, verse 3, it says, Reuben, you are my firstborn, my might, the first sign of my strength, excelling in honor, excelling in power, turbulent as the waters, you will no longer excel, for you went up unto your father's bed, unto my couch, and defiled it. Simeon and Levi are brothers. Their swords are weapons of violence. Let me not enter their council. Let me not join their assembly. For they have killed men in their anger so fierce and their fury so cruel. I will scatter them in Jacob and disperse them in Israel. So now, not not much of a blessing here. Uh, he's, uh, he, yeah, it's 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 tough. We're talking about blessings, and then it, it comes in hot like this. And uh, I, I see. I, I think what what's interesting here is that as you look at the lives of of Reuben and Simeon and Levi, there's definitely situations where you could say, "Man, I I feel like they did some noble noble things." Right, Reuben. Reuben was the brother, the one who spoke out against killing Joseph, yeah. right, and stood up for him. And then Simeon and Levi stood up and avenged some terrible, awful things that happened to their sister. And so, if you were to take a kind of a worldly lens on this thing, you'd be like, "Well, 
these guys are they're good. These you know what what is what's going on here? Why is it this bad blessing? What why is this bad blood? What 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 happened? You know, and uh, as we as we dig in though, it, it really shows us and, and tells us it's something that we can really learn from this situation is that every single one of our actions matter. They matter for an eternity and they matter for the rest of our lives yeah. right, right here and right now. I can't help but think of Galatians 6, 7 through 9 when reading this and thinking of this whole scenario that plays out. Excuse me, 7 through 10. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. All of our actions have consequence. And we reap what we sow. And and a wise woman once pointed out to me that in the reaping and the sowing, it's not a one-to-one situation, right? It, it's very often that what you sow, what, what you end up reaping in the end is, is multiplied, whether it's negative or positive. And that just points us even that much more to really keeping watch in the moment over all of our actions, how we live our lives, what we do, and what we say. My favorite scripture, we don't need to turn there, is Matthew 26, 41, where Jesus says to his disciples on the eve of his crucifixion, watch and pray so that you do not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Now the reason that this is my favorite scripture is because I need this. I am definitely a person who has learned the hard way about this, this whole scenario right here. Right? I am naturally terrible at keeping watch over my actions. Yeah. I say what comes to my mind. I often act on impulse. Yeah. And I do what I want, want to do. Now, it's gotten a lot better since Jesus has saved my life and become a disciple of Jesus. But it's incredible how the seeds that I have sowed before I knew Jesus, have still come back to bite me here and now. Right? For example, my very first Thanksgiving as a disciple, on Thanksgiving Eve, it was the first time in 13 years that I was sober on Thanksgiving Eve. And I got pulled over by the cops and not allowed to drive my car. Why? Because I was a fool and I had let a ticket go and be unpaid, and so my license was suspended. And so I had to make the embarrassing phone call to this brother who I had just met. His name was Parker. He's in the Milwaukee church and say, hey, bro, uh, can you come pick me up? I can't drive my car right now. Uh, I I need you to drive my car and and drive me home. And and so um, these these lessons have taught me and and this story in the Bible, and I'm sure you all can think to certain situations in your life of how important it is to keep watch over our life. What does it mean to keep watch? 
As we all find out, the more we read the Bible, the more we live this life, we are in a spiritual battle. It is an ongoing battle. And we need to pay attention to that spiritual battle. That's what keeping watch means. Keeping watch means being watchful over our own sinful nature. right? And this, this scripture is, is a scripture, as you dig into the meaning behind it, is a, this word watch, keeping watch, is in, in reference, and it's the same word used when talking about a military watch. And so the Roman military at that time, one of the best militaries in the history of the world, their strategy for keeping watch was there was at least four men keeping watch at a time. Okay. Now I talked to our, our resident U.S. military uh, expert, Angela Singh, uh, yesterday. I reached out through Calvin and and got some information in the U.S. military watches is anywhere from 3 to 10 and up of people keeping watch depending on, on the situation. Wow. And so, so, so what? What does that matter? What does that mean? What, what I see here is, is that we shouldn't be only keeping watch by ourselves. Right? If, we're, if we're in a spiritual war right, and the best militaries in, in the world give us an example of what kind of watch they're keeping, we should follow suit. We should keep watch with and what I see here is more than two even, right? Yeah. So if, you, if, it's, if it's definitely not just you, but it's also if you only have one other person that you're keeping watch right, over your spiritual walk with, then that, that's possibility for getting into trouble. It's not just yeah. you and your best friend. It's not just you and your spouse. Yeah. It's, it's many people that you need to be keeping watch with. And so my question for us to consider going forward this week in, in reflection is who are you keeping watch with? Yeah. And who else... Could you be keeping watch with and could be helping you to keep watch? Yeah. As we continue reading through these blessings in Genesis 49, we come to a messianic prophecy. Ooh, and those are always a, a great time. I love, yeah. I love coming to, uh, across these. Jesus is the fulfillment of 324 Old Testament prophecies about the Messiah. And 19 of those are in Genesis. Wow. And one of them is right here in Genesis 49. So let's read Genesis 49, 8 through 10. All right. Judah, your brothers will praise you. Your hand will be on the neck of your enemies. Your father's sons will bow down to you. You are a lion's cub. Judah, you return from the prey, my son, like a lion, he crouches and lies down. Like a lioness, who dares to rouse him? The scepter will not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet, until he, and some translations say Shiloh, to whom it belongs shall come, and the obedience of the nation shall be his. Until he, to whom it belongs, shall come, and the obedience of the nations shall be his. From this scripture, it is believed by both Jewish and Christian scholars that the Messiah would come from the tribe of Judah, and he would come and establish his endless kingdom. Jesus is the lion from the tribe of Judah, who came and rose from the dead, and he is the king of kings, as we sang, and he is the Lord of lords. Amen. Amen. So why does this matter? It matters because 
This brings depth to the truth of, of all of it. Right? It matters because it adds to our faith to know that there is not just one prophecy, and that all of these prophecies can't possibly be made up. It's the promised Savior of the whole world. The whole Bible is pointing towards Him. Yeah, amen. He was told about by people who lived hundreds and thousands of years before Him. Yeah. The mathematical probability of Jesus fulfilling only 48 of these prophecies is a one with 157 zeros after it. So it's one in one with 157 zeros after it. That's that's impossible, right? The only possibility is it's from God. It's God, right? It, it couldn't have possibly been that he just figured out a way to read these old scriptures and and uh, you know put himself in all these perfect places at the right time. Like, no, no way. That, that can't possibly be it. It is yeah. God. It is the truth. And this is why we're here. The deeper knowledge we have of who Jesus is and the prophecies about him, the more rooted we are. The more we, the more we know that it's true, the more we love him, and the more we want to act in response to his love. Now, as Genesis comes to a close, and we head towards our communion, we see in Genesis 50 what's playing out is that Jacob had just died, and Joseph's older brothers are freaking out because they're like, "Oh no!" Like. Now what? Our dad is probably the only reason why he hasn't sought after vengeance in our lives. And so they come up with this, this scheme and this lie to tell their brother, like, hey, dad said that you can't do anything to us. And, and so it was, it was dad that said it. He was on his deathbed. So, so make sure that, that you know that. And, uh, and Joseph has such an awesome, faithful response God-honoring response to this whole situation. And so we're going to pick it up in Genesis 50, 19 through 20. He says, don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. To bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. God will work it out, right? Amen. This scripture definitely points us to Jesus and how no matter what the circumstance, God can and will work it out. Amen. When Jesus was killed, it was intended for evil by evil people, but God intended it for good. Yeah. To give sinners an opportunity to be reconciled to him. God always works it out. And you can work out anything you have going on in your life today. Now, I can get myself into this mindset when I, when I think about the crucifixion. And I really kind of point the finger at the Romans and the Jews and really point at them like, they're these evil people that did this evil thing back then to my Lord and Savior. And, you know, how dare them? And it just points to you know people who are in positions of power are evil and they're always trying to do stuff like this. But I'm missing the point when I just have that mindset. Yeah, for sure. It wasn't just them that put Jesus on the cross. It was me yeah. and my sin. Yeah. And it's heavy to think about that, but it's important to know in order to have a full, proper perspective of everything that's going on here. And then at the same time, God, in His mercy and grace, gave me, gives all of us, 
a chance to join in the resurrection and the joy that comes with it because of what Jesus did for us on the cross. Let's pray and take communion. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord Almighty, God, holy is your name, God, and we are unworthy, God, to receive you today, God, but we are so grateful for your mercy and for your grace, so grateful, God, that you are always working, that you will always work it out, God, that you had a plan since the beginning for us, right here and right now, God, we're so grateful for the cross, so grateful for what that means for our lives, for the lives of those who have yet to come, God. Please help us live in response to your love that you showed us on the cross as we go about our week. We love you so much, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to the Kalamazoo Church of Christ podcast. If you're in the Kalamazoo area, we'd love to get connected. Please go to kalamazoo.church and fill in your information to come to a Sunday service or any other event that we have going on. In any case, you'll be hearing from us next week. Come on! Too busy saving souls.